Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Monday, November 21st, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, why the recent news of conservatives lobbying the Supreme Court matters. Number two, the White House's effort to help Hill Democrats find jobs. And number three, the three House D's to watch running for House ranking on oversight. All right, Jake, let's get into it this morning. Um, Our very own John Bresnahan has the top item in Punchbowl News. There has been a slew of news over the past week, and uh, he basically is making the case that it is important for folks not to just gloss over this bombshell article uh, the New York Times wrote about the 2014 Hobby Lobby decision and how that could have long-lasting implications for the high court. That is right. Uh, the, the Number one, I think it's important for a lot of reasons. Number one, because uh, uh, we don't have any clarity right now on the who was behind the leak of the big Dobbs decision. That was the abortion decision that came from the Supreme Court earlier this year. And now there's th- this reporting, as you indicate, from the New York Times that Justice Samuel Alito might have also leaked the Hobby Lobby decision. Now, why does this matter for us? Why does this matter for our readership? You have to imagine that this will be an, a, a huge issue in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Um, the, the Senate, as we all know, is still controlled by Democrats. So, and we'll be controlled by Democrats in the next Congress. So you have to imagine that the the characters in this story, Anna, are going to be in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee pretty soon to talk about this. I think, and the 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 broader kind of um, narrative on the Senate Judiciary Committee is they they believe that the um, Supreme Court has basically not gone astray, but has been. Um, unchained for a long time. And this is something that Sheldon Whitehouse, Democrat of Rhode Island, has talked about. They don't have the same uh, financial disclosure requirements that other government employees have. They don't even have to um, uh, abide by the the code that uh, the judicial code that other federal judges have to abide by. So uh, knives are out for the Supreme Court on Capitol Hill among Democrats. Anyway, I, I have to imagine this will heighten it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to first note Alito has um, said that this didn't happen, that he did not leak the, you know, he, he is he is kind of uh, he is strongly denied um, the allegations that uh, he may have leaked the outcome of the case to a well-connected conservative couple. Important to note that. Um, I think to your point, the reason why we are spending time on it in this morning's newsletter is that this is going to be continue to play out on Capitol Hill. You're going to have Senate Judiciary Committee Chair Dick Durbin. Um, you know, we have, we're quoting him as as saying that they are reviewing these serious allegations, uh, which highlight once again the inexcusable Supreme Court loophole in federal judicial ethics rules. Uh, so this is going to be another, as you say, just kind of an effort by Democrats to try to take the Supreme Court to task. Um, you know, White House. 
particularly outspoken on this, outlining in a series of speeches, efforts by the Federalist Society and other conservative activists to advance the careers of potential Supreme Court nominees, and then trying to influence the cases the justices take up. Um, you know, I, I, to your point, I think I it wouldn't be very uh, surprised if this does not end up in uh, a hearing where you could have uh, kind of the key players in this article testifying before the Judiciary Committee at, at, at a minimum. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. You've got a good item here. Uh, the Biden administration prioritizing getting jobs for House Democrats who were defeated and their staff. Uh, the White House is kind of having an organized effort here. Yeah, um, well, I thank you. But yes, they are. Um, they are. The White House is trying to hire defeated House Democrats and their aides. Um, this is, you know, this is not entirely new in the sense that this always happens in an unofficial sense. But the Biden administration is clearly making an effort to um, uh, do this in a, in a more organized way this time. Now, there wasn't this red wave that everybody expected. Um, so there's not as many House Democrats who are who are left on the curb than before. But there are a bunch of aides and a bunch of um, uh, lawmakers who are going to be looking for jobs. The administration does like former uh, congressional staff and former members. They, the president has a number in his cabinet already uh, and a number of former senior House Democratic aides in the administration. Um, and uh, uh, I think we're going to have to we're going to be seeing some more. This is being organized by Ron Klain, who himself, a former Capitol Hill staffer uh, eons ago. Um, and uh, Steve Reschetti and Louisa Terrell are directing this effort in the White House. So we imagine if you're a House Democratic staffer who, would, who does not have a job, you should probably be reaching out to uh, to the White House because they might have something for you. Get those resumes in. All right, let's move on to the number three item of the morning. Uh, we have a look at the Democrats who want to lead the fight against GOP investigations. We have talked about it, and there's been a ton of ink spilled on how House Republicans are going to use their gavels to go after uh, the Biden administration in several different instances, whether it's Joe Biden's family business dealings, problems at the U.S.-Mexico border, COVID's origins. I mean, there's just going to be a, a number of, of, of ways that House Republicans are trying to kind of gear up and take on Democrats when it comes to their ability uh, to push this, this oversight agenda. But uh, they're not going to be able to do it without Democrats trying to, to stop them or stymie them at, at every turn. And uh, our very own Max Cohn has a look at Representatives Jerry Connolly, the Democrat from Virginia, Jamie Raskin, the Democrat from Maryland, and Stephen Lynch, the Democrat from Massachusetts, and how they are all running to be ranking member of the House Oversight Committee. Yeah, this is an important job. Um, there's no doubt about it. Uh, going back to, I mean, the Oversight Committee has always been at the center of congressional investigations going back many, many years. Um and remember, in 2010, when Republicans took the House majority the last time, or two times ago, I guess it was, um, I guess it was the last time, but they, uh, Democrats elevated Elijah Cummings, the late Elijah Cummings, um, over um, Ed Towns, New York Repo uh, Democrat, when Daryl Issa became the chair of that committee. So this is something that um, Democrats understand or have historically understood that this is a uh, a big position, a prime role for 
uh, pushback because listen, the oversight committee, as it as it likes to have you know, is uh, has jurisdiction over everything, everything in the government, everything in the private sector. They try to make hay on a whole bunch of issues, on a whole bunch of topics, in a whole bunch of sectors. So Democrats have always wanted to elevate somebody who could fight back. And so the three people are, as you say, Connolly, Raskin, and Lynch. Um, Max comes to the conclusion that he believes it's between Connolly and Raskin, a tight contest between those two men. Uh, just very quickly, I, I think Connolly, Connolly's been on the committee for longer. He's been in Congress for longer, longer than Raskin. Um, and he has been um, kind of in the fights for a long time. Raskin's upside here is obvious. I mean, he was involved. He's a former federal prosecutor. He's a, a sorry, he's a former constitutional, not federal prosecutor, constitutional constitutional law professor. And he's he was in the middle of all the Trump uh, impeachment stuff. He was in the middle of a ton of oversight when Democrats were in charge. So it'll be an interesting contest to, to see who they choose here um, between these three men who all have kind of a long history in the oversight realm. Just a reminder that uh, Democrats will be picking their committee leaders in December, so I'm sure there will be a lot more coverage here that we will be doing on the uh, kind of twists and turns of who's going to lead oversight, as you say, Jake, one of the premier panels, particularly in the minority. Um, One quick reminder, this afternoon at noon, I'm going to be doing a virtual conversation with Susan Delbeni, the Democrat from Washington State. We're going to be talking about the importance of privacy and security in new and existing technologies. This is part of our three-part series, Building Trust in Technology. You can RSVP at our events hub. Uh, I hope you join us for that. going to be a really interesting conversation. Thanks so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.